This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Grassroots Marketing. Each episode curates thought-provoking dialogue with an exclusive class of thought leaders who will offer high-end roundtable business strategies and solutions that seek to prune and harvest great ideas in each 30-minute episode. Thought leaders in the cannabis industry convene here to share some of their best practices and protocols. Let's chart the growth of this burgeoning industry, one of the world's premier cash crops, right now on Grassroots Marketing. Thanks for joining us. My name is Karen Canton, and welcome to Grassroots Marketing. Today on our show, we have Patrick McManaman of Canisure. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Give me a little bit of background on how you got started. Thanks for having me, Karen. We started Canisure in about 2009. I got started in the industry. I'd always been in the insurance industry. I was working for a family business specializing in malpractice insurance in Cleveland, Ohio. And a high school friend of mine had moved to San Diego. And during that time, he decided he was going to open up a medical marijuana dispensary at the end of 2009, beginning of 2010. So he called me up. We'd always done his insurance for him. And during that conversation, I had really no clue that this industry even existed at this time. And so I went out there and saw him, uh, saw his operation as he was trying to get it ready. And of course, being the young insurance agent that I was, tried to find a, a market for him and made you know, hundreds of phone calls probably over a three to four month period of time. Got laughed at, phone hung up on, all the things you'd imagine, and just kept on hitting roadblocks. And we just saw an opportunity um, that this was going to be a big industry for us and that it really was going to be emerging here. So we kind of set about meeting the correct people, if you will, attending as many events as we could over the next two years or so and just doing our due diligence. And then really in 2012 is when we formed uh, Canisher as it is today by raising some um, investment capital from some local people that we knew. And since then, just been kind of right in business um, all over the country. That's fantastic. And everyone wants to know, as far as insurance, why Lloyd's of London is no longer writing policy for the cannabis industry. Are they writing it for the ancillary businesses? Or tell me a little bit about uh, why Lloyd's of London has pulled out of the market. From what we can tell, we had spent a lot of time in 2014 actually over in London with the different syndicates and in Lloyd's and the syndicates that actually underwrite the coverage. You know, they've been doing this for probably since about 2008, seven, most of them. And Lloyd's corporate parent, the performance committee, whatever you want, 
looks at this as a potential reputational risk. And so as things started to come into the newspaper and started to make a, a much bigger splash in the headlines, I guess some of the people there were not comfortable with the Lloyd's name being on it for whatever reason. And so this year they started to take a harder and harder look at it. And for whatever reason, they decided at the kind of the Lloyd's corporate that this is not an industry that they wanted to be a part of. So for us, you know, I look at it, it was a very disheartening thing, of course. At the same time, it's an opportunity for domestic insurance companies to come into the marketplace. You know, Lloyd's has underwritten these policies and probably controls the vast majority of the marketplace. And so now you're going to have competition coming in the form of U.S. or domestic-based carriers that will start to pick up when Lloyd's finally does exit if they do completely exit. In terms of ancillary businesses, I just think it's a case-by-case basis as to what they're doing when you say ancillary. That would be your security businesses that help with the cannabis industry as well as the suppliers to the industry? From a packaging standpoint, yes, we still do um, use a lot of the Lloyds of London forms. And so those forms are all written for the packaging companies. Uh, In terms of the security companies, I think they will, just because that's an industry they've always been in, whether they're, you know, security for whatever type of industry. I don't think it really necessarily matters. I think they'll continue to do those. It's more focused on the people and the businesses that are touching the plant on a, a regular basis. I see. Now, I wanted to address some questions as an insurance producer. We're all asked it all the time. When a policy states it covers your crops, tell me exactly what it covers and do all policies offer this coverage? I don't believe all policies offer the coverage. Um, there are many, there are a couple different companies out there. I don't know all of them, and you know, it's kind of a case by case basis. That's why it's important to have a solid agent that you work with that understands the industry, isn't new to the industry, has been around for a while, and has been handling and working uh, alongside business owners for this, so they can understand it. In terms of what the crop coverage, you know, it really is a misnomer. When we think of crop coverage, you think of the federal crop insurance program for corn farmers or whatever it may be. They don't get the proper yield, or they have a catastrophe in the form of weather, these are not coverages that are provided by the current forms. These are really going to be for fire, theft, vandalism types of issues that may happen at a cultivation facility. That's really what the crop coverage is going to protect. Does it cover the harvested and the finished product or just the harvested product? You can buy coverage for a plant at any stage in the growing cycle. You could buy coverage for seeds. You could buy them for clones. You can buy them for flowering plants, vegetative plants, harvested material, finished material. You can buy it at any stage. You just have to properly request exactly what value you want at that time and for what stage of of growing you'd like it at. Do you do that on an annual basis, the rating for harvested, the seeds and their crops? So when a yeah, so when a customer is going to apply the, for, at the annual time when they make their initial application, either at renewal or new business, they're going to give us a stated value. Throughout the policy term, they can change those values at any time. What we run into a lot is that customers in the cultivation space, they say, well, we're going to have, you know, we're going to do $3 million in sales, so we have a million dollars of plants. Well, you really don't have a million dollars of plants at any one given time. You may have all along through the growing cycle, there may be different sides or different values there. So what we tell people is take a snapshot. If you had a loss in any given day, what would you have inside of that facility? You're going to have to take into account some days you're going to have a really high uh, value of finished product because it's ready to go and move forward. And some days you're going to have really low. So you're going to want to find that kind of happy medium for you as a customer that would make the most sense and where you feel comfortable laying off that risk. 
why do you have to have a central alarm system if you have 24-7 security guards? It doesn't cover your mold, your fungus spores, your vermin. So I, I always get asked that question, does it cover mold? Does it cover the vermin? Does it cover any dust mites? So I know that's an exclusion on the policy, correct? That is correct, yeah. What we're moving towards, and as the industry continues to grow and the insurance goes along with it, you know, we want to be able to offer those coverages, but we're just, the industry is just so young and new, and there are so many new technologies coming out. Every time I go to a cultivation facility, they're always a little bit different than the last one I was just at. And so there, there's a lot of consistencies in the growing process, but there are also a lot of differences. And we, as an insurance industry, are trying to keep up and figure out what are the best practices for this. And as we go forward here, I can foresee in the future where those coverages would be available, but as we sit here today, they are not, to my knowledge, available. Thank you so much, Patrick. Now, when we're talking about crops and and your finished product, your harvested product, is there coverage for transporting the product from one facility to the dispensary? And if there is, is there coverage also for the monies when payment's been received? Is there coverage for that? And do they have to have security measures in place? There is coverage available for transporting the product from your cultivation facility or your dispensary. And even if you are a delivery service, you can provide, you can purchase coverage as well. It varies. You can buy it as low as $2,500 per claim up to twenty-five dollars or even $50,000 per claim. In terms of security protocols in there, you know, we are working towards kind of standardizing things. You know, every state is a little bit different. So in your state of Colorado, where you have to go in and you're making a delivery, you're filling out a manifest, that's different than every other state. So again, because the states are all different, we as an industry are trying to keep up with it. You know, we currently want them to have those the product when they're transporting it, not in the same compartment as the driver is. So in the trunk uh, would be the pr- preferable method in a container of some sort that has tamper-proof tape wrapped on it, whatever it may be, something along there. We don't currently require that they have any type of tracking system in place inside the car or vehicle, but I do can definitely foresee when people start to make larger requests, as we're starting to see in certain states, for you know six figures of product being transferred from cultivation facility to dispensary on a more regular basis, I can absolutely start to see those become requirements over time here. In terms of cash, there is some availability for coverage for cash during transportation. It just depends on the policy form and and where you're going and who you're using to get that. So that would be more or less a crime policy for employee theft. Say you're concerned about the employees and, you know, you definitely need to screen your employees before you let them in the car to accept the monies and, of course, the product. So that would be what we call in the insurance industry a crime policy. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. I mean, we trust our employees, but, you know, it's easier to kind of help them avoid temptation by putting some policies and procedures in place in that way then it's it's pretty much, it's a lot easier and straightforward and you don't have many issues to deal with, we found. Thank you, Patrick. If you are transporting the product in your own vehicle, is there any special equipment that needs to be on the vehicle Or is there a requirement for any, now we touched on the tracking device, is there any discount if you do have a tracking device and you monitor these vehicles as they leave your facility? 
There is no discount today. That's available right now. One thing is if you are having their employees use their own vehicles, you want to make sure that you have the that you've added non-owned auto insurance coverage to your policy. Be simply because if that person happens to get into a car accident, they're going to sue that the registered driver of the vehicle, and if they find out once they will that they're on company business, they're obviously going to sue the company as well. And if you don't have the non-owned endorsement on your policy, you're going to be left out hanging, and it's relatively inexpensive for a pretty high limit. The other thing we do is if you are going to have people that are going to be driving for you, you require motor vehicle or MVR reports for them just to see who they are. It doesn't mean you don't have to let them drive, and but you at least have an understanding if somebody's got a lot of speeding tickets or accidents or whatever it may be. You know that before you kind of let them drive in, on your behalf. And then lastly, of course, is if you are going to let people drive on your behalf and use that, require that they have insurance. I can't tell you exactly what limit to require, but we feel comfortable. At least at 100000 limit would be probably the preferable one, but we know that not everybody can afford that limit. So you need to kind of really make sure that there is an insurance policy in place on that vehicle that the person's driving. Thank you so very much again, Patrick. We need to take a break, but when we come back, we'll be speaking with Patrick McManaman of Canisher regarding insurance on your transportation, power outages, and equipment breakdown. Thank you so much. We'll be back. Grassroots Marketing will return after we generate traffic to our generous sponsors. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at CarterInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Carter Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with more motivating marijuana monetization insights on grassroots marketing. Only on CannabisRadio.com. 
I have with me Patrick McManaman of Canisure, and we were just discussing the auto insurance and the transportation of the product. Welcome back again, Patrick. What we want to touch on now is equipment breakdown. What does that cover, and when does the coverage kick in? So in the current marketplace right now, with the different products out there, you know, we can kind of just talk in general terms because it, it's hard to tell you what everyone's policy is going to cover because they're all written a little bit differently, not knowing what company they're on. But typically, an equipment breakdown is going to be kind of a, a direct physical damage to the covered equipment. So mechanical breakdown, rupture, bursting, those types of things that are d- generated usually by electrical current or um, it could be an explosion or something like that, cracking of the pipe. It's not going to cover things that are normal wear and tear, rust, those types of issues. The motor burned out in the first six months of that. that those are warranty issues. Those are not equipment breakdowns. These are going to be external forces caused a problem uh, to that piece of equipment. And so, you know, it will cover the cost to replace that piece of equipment. And then you start to get into, okay, what's the business interruption loss? Because that uh, HVAC system uh, suffered a lightning strike on the top of my building. It burned out. I couldn't get a new one in there. And then now I have my plants are dying or whatever it is. Those things are kind of, um, it's hard to kind of give you an overall. You'd have to really discuss those on a one-off basis as to what would happen. But when we talk about kind of the equipment breakdown, it's really going to be focusing on those equipment things, uh, the HVAC system, the electrical panels. You know, your your building got struck by lightning or the transformer got struck by lightning. It's fried all of your, your wires in your building. you got to replace all of those things. Those are things that are going to be covered by equipment breakdown. That kind of leads us into the next uh, question, which would be is if there is a power outage, say a vehicle hits an electrical pole that knocks out the power on the block, and your facility is one that just happens to be on that block, and it takes the company, say, several days to repair the electrical poles and the outlets and everything. Is there coverage for that? And we touched on business income. When does that kick in and how much do we have coverages that offer different amounts for your business? So business interruption, those types of things, when that scenario, is it possible that you would have a claim that you could pay because, you know, down the street, the power got knocked out and they couldn't get to you? You're normally going to have a deductible that's going to be potentially a time element. So it could be 48 hours, could be 72 hours, whatever it would be. So the company is going to say after 48 hours is when we would come in and start to worry about it. In the first 48 hours, it's on you as the customer. So if your plants are going to die in the first 48 hours and you can't do anything about it, then potentially there's not going to be any type of coverage for that. You'd have to be able to bring in some type of backup generation, keep them on for a period of time and allow something to get to that point. Contingent-wise, again, it's is it possible that those covered? Of course it is, just depending on the coverages you bought. You know, there's an endorsement called off-premises business interruption. So if a that scenario, the lightning strike or the car knocked out the power, that's an off-premises power loss. Those types of things could be covered under those. Again, that's not a standard coverage you get in there. You have to go and ask for it. It's probably not something that every business owner would have. Definitely the larger business owners would be really focused on making sure that they have those things in there or seeing what the cost is to get those and if they're even available. There are currently, I know in some of the policies, contingent business income that's in there. It's a small amount, maybe ten, ten or $20,000 is the limit that they're putting in there for those types of things, and that's pretty much all you can collect on them. 
that's important for these large businesses because I'm asked that question a lot and they have a lot of backup generators in case of something such as a lightning strike or heaven forbid a car takes out a power line. So these are things that are asked a lot in this industry. What we need to do is focus on making sure that you have generators that can back up so your plants don't lose any of the drip systems or the electrical power so you can continue on. Why do you have to have a central alarm system if you have 24-7 security? Most people have armed guards that are patrolling, but in order for the theft to be included on the policy, you have to have an alarm system. Can you tell me why it is required if you have the 24-7 security? Humans make mistakes, and the industry likes to look and think that alarm systems, being the mechanical instruments that they are, heart kind of computer systems, are not going to be making mistakes. And you may have 24-7 security, but if you're on one side of the building and somebody breaks in on the other, you have no clue that that happens. I've been to many cultivation facilities that are enormous, a couple hundred thousand square feet the location covers. And so even if you had one or two people there, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to see people coming in and out and causing problems. And if you get engaged by one of these people that are breaking in or your security guard gets engaged by one of these people and God forbid something happens to them, there's no other backup for it. And so it's a requirement that it's on, that it's there, that they know it's operating and it's operational. Uh, we've had many claims that have been paid um, because, you know, they had their alarm system in. And if they wouldn't have had the alarm system on and operating, they wouldn't have been paid. Do you have to have the fire station included in the central station or just the police department? I don't believe you have to have the fire station. I believe it's just the police department. That's good to know, to clarify for our listeners. When you sign up for a policy, you have to agree to an inspection. So they sign off that an inspection is required. When do inspectors come out and what are they exactly looking for? An inspector should come out to the property um, approximately 30 to as many as potentially 90 days after the date of binding of your policy or the effective date of your policy. The inspectors are looking for a lot of different things. And these are inspectors that do commercial ins building inspections for all different insurance companies for all different industries. So they're looking for general housekeeping items, you know, making sure the doors are there, that the windows are, are secured, that you say where your location is is actually there, that the building construction type matches what we put on the application, um, that we say we have a 10,000-square-foot building and we really have a 10,000-square-foot building, not a 50,000-square-foot building or a 5,000-square-foot building. And if you're asking for property coverage and saying that you want to have, you know, you have three hundred dollars or $400,000 in business personal property in there that they're going to kind of do the eye test and say, yeah, these guys do have that, you know, approximately there is all the growing equipment is in there. Other things have been done. Just kind of verifying that the information you put on the application, the coverage that you've requested matches what's there. They're also going to take pictures for the underwriter. You got to remember the person that actually underwrote the policy is writing these all day long. And we don't normally get pictures like you would in other industries. We don't get pictures prior to. And so we're getting those pictures and we're making sure that if there is a law in the future, we do have the ability to go back and look and, and say, okay, this is accurate. These, they have this there. 
and make sure the claims are paid in a proper manner. And, you know, risk management stuff, as we go forward here, you're going to start to see the inspectors are going to be looking a little bit more towards with an eye towards risk management and not just verifying the assets and verifying the people. They're going to be looking really more towards the security protocols that are in there, that you have the cameras in the rooms that you said you did. They're inside and out. They're not necessarily checking for your safes or anything like that, but I do foresee that we, as we get um, more and more comfortable with it, there will be things that will be pointed towards those. Those types of inspectors are going to be more that are going to be directly working for the company and for us and not a third party. We would not want some third party looking at your vault or looking in your safes and things like that. But they would at least be able to, our people would be able to come out and verify that your safe room matches the description that's necessary. Because that's what we're seeing. People are moving away from safes, especially in cultivation facility. They're making large vault rooms. And um, we just want to start to make sure that those things are going to be safe and we can avoid as many losses as possible in the future. We need to take a break, but when we come back, we'll be joined with Patrick McManaman of Canisure. Grassroots Marketing will return after we generate traffic to our generous sponsors. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with more motivating marijuana monetization insights on grassroots marketing, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to the show, we are joined with Patrick McManaman of Kenisher. Patrick, we've been speaking about transportation of the product and the insurance policies and what they cover. Since you've been in the industry, what would you say are the claims that you most frequently see? 
The claims you most frequently see in the last few years have just been theft, theft of product, some vandalism type things. In the past, when we first started in about 2009, 10, and 11, we saw a lot more fires at cultivation facilities uh, just because the electrical architecture wasn't up to snuff. And that's why you see in all the requirements now at binding that you have to provide a letter from a licensed and bonded and insured electrical contractor. Um, That's where that really came from. But right now, really just thefts are really the main things that we're seeing. Do you notice that it is outside theft, or do you notice it might be an inside, what we call an inside job, employee Um, theft? Yeah, it's hard to say. I think it's definitely, most of it is outside, but there is a, I wouldn't say an alarming percentage, but a a pretty good percentage that definitely does arise from some type of inside job, if you will, inside knowledge of certain things and timing. It just seems very unique. Sometimes when some of these thefts are happening, they just seem to be happening at the most opportune time. That's why whenever I am dealing with a client, I ask them what their security measures are as far as employee theft. Would you suggest, uh, you know, a tire that has no pockets or if it's a woman, clear purse when they come in? What would you do to prevent such losses from an employee? When we see, when we think about theft, you know, it's not necessarily those types of theft. It's more along the lines of somebody has provided information or knowledge to somebody else, and those people are breaking in the facility. The people that are stealing from the inside, you know, it just goes back to hiring practices. You just have to be much better at who you're hiring, asking a little bit further down, drilling down a little bit further about the questions. I know one place we've been to, it's a huge, enormous cultivation facility, and in the five years they've been there, they've only had three kind of employee dishonesty or employee uh, theft issues. And what they do is they get the employee arrested. And the employee is arrested in the middle of the facility. They call the police and they bring them in and they're arrested and they're uh, basically do a perp walk out out of the facility so everyone can see. And in Colorado, when that happens to you, if you're arrested in there, you're losing your license uh, to operate. You can never work in, a, in, a, in the marijuana industry again in that state. So um, that has been a fairly effective uh, tool for them. Um, you know, in terms of the other things, not wearing pockets, I mean, I think it just all comes down to your hiring practices and, and who you have. And if that works for you, that's great. You know, it's, it's, there's no hard and fast rules we sit here today. Gosh, that would be a deterrent to see your coworker escorted out by the police. So how can businesses save money on their policies? Number one, investing in themselves and investing in education and training of their employees. It's the best way. Avoiding claims, avoiding filing claims is the number one way you're going to save money on your policy. Number two would be trying to get the correct deductible that you're comfortable with and you can handle. And then as we move forward here, you're going to see the insurance industry over the next, you know, three years or so start to really focus in on the risk management and offer, start to offer risk management discounts by taking different courses and different type of training things for the business owner himself but most importantly, his managers and his employees. Thank you. When do you expect to see a change in the industry? And will do you think it will be soon? In What do you mean, federally or just in, in the insurance industry? In the insurance industry. I think that we'll have, you know, these next two years, because of the international situation with the insurance companies, I think that these next two years are going to be pretty big for the domestic companies, and it's going to be a good opportunity. The industry itself is growing so fast, 
and we're starting to gain some real traction, obviously, and I think that the, it's really turned a lot of heads at different companies around our country, and that's going to bring in competition. Personally, I don't think rates are ridiculously high, to be honest with you. I think they're pretty competitive when you look at them against other industries. It's just a matter of the coverage forms are restricted, and what you're going to hopefully start to see is some more coverage opportunities coming in for similar pricing that you're already getting. Thank you, Patrick. Let the listeners know how to get in contact with you. You can go to our website, canassure.com, which is C-A-N-N-A, S-U-R-E.com, and there's a contact us form on there. We also have a risk management white paper that you can download. And our phone number here is 1-800-420-5757, or of course, you can always talk to numerous independent insurance agents all across the marketplace that are appointed with us and we work with. And if you'd like us, when you contact us to be appointed one, we can send you one. Thank you so much for being on the show, Patrick. Thank you for having me, Karen. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Grassroots Marketing. You can download episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and very soon on iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Facebook and Google. Thank you again. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.